This is episode number 74 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Steve Delabar Jr. Steve is a former Major League Baseball player, but that is not what makes him so inspiring to so many people. He was actually released as a minor leaguer, was working as a substitute teacher, and found weighted baseball, started kind of using them, had a program, ended up making it back to the major leagues and becoming a major league baseball all-star. Incredible stuff. Um, this episode is, is absolutely awesome. No matter what line of work you're in, I think you'll, you'll find that uh, some sort of inspiration, I would say, by listening to Steve. This episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been using Blast Motion over the past few years on all of my players. Um, it's something that I, I really think can help out any, any player of any magnitude, no matter what age or skill level, by tracking uh, time to contact, bat speed, how long you're on plane with the pitch for, attack angle. Houston Astros actually just came out and said if they had been using blast motion, uh, J.D. Martinez would have had his swing fixed in Houston, and he wouldn't have become a star uh, in Detroit after they released him. So head on over to blastmotion.com and type in code PJB25. That is code PJB25 in the coupon code area for $25 off. And here is Steve Delabar Jr. We now welcome on Steve Delabar. Steve, really appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, always. Anytime I can chat some, some baseball, this is good stuff. So you have a really interesting and I think inspiring story um, for a lot of listeners out there. Um, growing up, was it typical you were always better than everybody else and you just figured you'd be in the big league someday? Yes. Uh, I was... I'm, I'm six, almost six four with no shoes on now, and I was, you know, the bigger kid growing up. I could, you know, throw it harder, hit, hit it a long way. But then there came a point where that all leveled out. Um, I mean, that's probably what you're going to get into. But yes, I was, I was, I always had to play with kids that were older than me, so I had to kind of step it up at a younger age. And then I got bigger, and then I ended up playing with kids my age, and I was a little more advanced on that on that end. Right, you got drafted out of high school, right? So I mean, you clearly were 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 better than a lot of the kids. No, I got drafted at uh, after my first state? year. Yes, my okay. first year, my first year at uh, Volunteer State in Tennessee. Uh, I had Tommy John that year, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't. They did the draft and follow back then, so that was the Angels in the forty third round. Uh, I then went back to school, um, pitched like a few innings at the end of my second year um, after getting the red shirt for the first year and then got redrafted by San Diego uh, in the 29th round. And then I, was, I said, well, I'm not going to sign after because uh, I think the angels wanted me to, to, to sign. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to go back to school. I'm really close to getting my, my two year degree. So I just want to knock that out and pitch a whole year healthy. So I then, uh, got into the you know the next draft and then that's when San Diego took me a little bit higher as a draft and follow and then I I went the next um, went into the fall I signed with Kentucky um, 
the University of Kentucky to go play there and then decided to sign with San Diego after the, the next spring in 04. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Where were you planning on going? So you, you get into professional baseball, you play for a few years. Um, what what was that transition like? It's always different for everybody, but what were you? What was the transition like from, from junior college to pro ball? It was, uh, I guess, eye-opening. You know, you get out there, and, and after I had Tommy John surgery, I, I, I knew – like I learned a whole lot about myself on how to, the I had to take care of myself and and build up and prepare and and get down that road. So I, I started getting the idea of you know working out and 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 getting on that end. But getting out there and seeing the level of play, it's like, man, uh, gotta step it up a little bit. So you start trying to you know get up to the the level of competition, and and then as you you know run through the ranks, you have to continue to progress and and step it up there. So after I believe it was 2008, you were let go in um, in the minors. Is that correct? That is correct. And then and you actually went to Florence Freedom, which I'm in Cincinnati, so that's not too far from me. And that's pretty close to home for you too, wasn't it? Yes, and that's the reason why I went there. Uh, I had several independent teams that contacted me, and I was waiting, waiting, waiting for an affiliated team to call. And then I was like, well, you know, I need it's. I don't want to take too much time off to where I have to build back up again. And I said, Florence is close to home. Uh, a lot of my family hasn't had a chance to see me play. So I'm going to be, I'm just going to go here, finish up the summer and, and then see what happens. Maybe I pick up with the team. Maybe I don't, but at least, you know, some being somewhat local, you know, my family would be able to see me, but then I got traded five days later to, <laughs> to, to Brockton, Massachusetts. So that, that changed those plans too. How so? You had a a season-ending fractured right elbow in two thousand nine. How the heck did that happen? Uh, well, I I got going, and it was probably one of those those things to where I didn't kind of track my workload like I should have. Um, kind of building up, you know, you get you get started, and and you. Uh, and you think, well, I want to, you know, you have these goals in your mind of, of you know, I want to be able to throw complete games and throw, you know, because I was a starter at that time. I, like, I want to go deep in the game. I want to cover all these innings. So I didn't really build up the right way. So I probably put a ton of stress and developed a stress fracture. Um, and then I continued to pitch with a stress fracture. So that doesn't work out. You know, you got a piece of wood that's cracked a little bit. Well, you keep leaning on that piece. It's going to eventually break, and that's that's what happened. And so I had a cortisone shot. Uh, they kind of dulled the pain, and I was able to get back on the mound and, you know, basically masked the issue. And I, I kept pitching and kept pitching and kept pitching. And finally my arm was like, nope, you're not going to pitch anymore. Bam. And it broke. I mean, it, it didn't. I mean, you had a, a steel plate with nine screws that were that were uh, put inside your arm to stabilize your elbow. I've never heard of anything like that. I'm the Iron Man, I guess. <laughs> I mean, but like what was the recovery like? Like what what kind of rehab is it similar to so you, at this point you had already had Tommy John. Now you have nine screws put in your your arm as well. Were you just, just did you just did you just assume that you're done at this point? Well, I asked I asked one of the nurses while I'm I'm on the on the table to get my arthrogram, uh, and I, I asked her I was like so like well she well she told me because I was leaning on the table and you could see that it it came up from underneath 
And she says, well, we don't need to do anything with that. She said, look at the screen. So I, I turn around, look at the screen, and you could see basically – I mean there's a huge gap in my elbow. She's like, that's broken. You're, you're, we don't need to do anything here. Um, you just need to go get an MRI now see if there's anything structural. So I was like, well, what are the chances that I throw again? And she's like, uh, like she didn't answer it. Nobody answered the question. They just kind of left that, left that blank. I was like, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. All right, well, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. So I go in, do the, do the MRI. Everything structural is fine. So no ligament damage, no tendon, nothing's wrong with that. Flexors, all that's good. And, and then I, I, uh, so then, and then they go in, put the plate in nine screws, and, and obviously it doesn't feel very good on the recovery side. But I said, you know what? This is great. I'm okay. I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic. So I'm like, it's just a broken bone. Six to eight weeks, it'll heal up, and then I'll get going again. Uh, but knowing how it was, it was, you know, being an independent ball, and my goal of, you know, everybody's goal is to pitch in the big leagues and do that. I'm like, Phew, this is it's kind of a big, big speed bump here. Uh, but we'll see what happens and we'll, and we'll, we'll first, I got to get to throwing and build up from there. Yeah. So, so after that happened, you became a substitute teacher, right? Back home. Yes. I was, uh, coaching at a, a, another local high school as an assistant and going back to school. I was a pitching instructor. I was playing slow pitch softball. I was, I was being, you know, keeping myself busy, um, doing a whole bunch of stuff. And, and, you know, going back to school was, was the main thing, but, uh, and finishing my degree, uh, but substitute teaching, that was something that I get to do pretty much every day. So I was at every, you know, within the district that I'm in or the, the county that I'm in, I, I went to anywhere from second grade to seniors in high school. I was, I was doing everything. How did this, so you're, you're now a substitute teacher are you're kind of you know you're staying busy are you just at the point mentally where you're like well you know if, if it ends up works out great if i can come back or if i can if i if it doesn't i can just move right on yes and no uh well at the time you know i was taking summer classes so a lot of baseball games are on tv and i'm starting to see the guys that i played with at the lower level start to get into the major leagues and it's like man i played against that guy and i played against that guy and i had success against him and and so that kind of you know was was digging at me a little bit it's like man if i would have just been there and had an opportunity maybe i would have had a shot uh but i mean that I, I, i'm probably speaking for a whole bunch of guys you know they they just wish they had the opportunity to get to get that to get up there and hey just give me one shot I, you know, i'll make the most of it and but and i was in that boat i was like man if i just had had a you know just a, just a little bit give me a little leash and see what i could do with it and uh so that that's where i went and and but at the same time like that's people say what they want about uh, about slow pitch softball but it really filled that like competitive you know fire that i had because i was playing like for three different teams and you know playing outfield and running and throwing and hitting i was like man I, you know what this is i'm being competitive this is kind of kind of doing that and then also i was able to work with those kids at the high school and i was like you know i'm getting some satisfaction out of out of working with these kids because i'm seeing the progression there and, and that's that's fulfilling too so it wasn't just like a, a beer league softball it was it was real serious competitive because i've heard of guys traveling and stuff i mean um um for different softball teams Yes, and I, like I said, I played for a, one local team, and then I had to 
I had to go up to uh, Louisville to play for another one. And then on the weekends, I would play with one that we would travel around, play like Cincinnati, Indianapolis, uh, and all around Kentucky. And then going into the next year, the year I decided to come back and play, uh, I was going to, you know, reach out and try to travel, you know, tra- you know, get into it big time and, and play, you know, at the upper levels. Didn't you win um, a home run derby as well? I did. And funny thing about that, uh, we were playing in a tournament that weekend. So the Friday night before, they, uh, one of the guys on the team, he said, hey, you want to hit in a home run derby? I'm like, sure. He goes, pay 15, <laughs> you pay $15 and you got a chance to win a bat. I was like, all right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm swinging like a baseball player. I'm swinging at everything and just basically swinging as hard as I can. Well, I end up winning. And all the, I mean, you should hear the guys laughing, like, like he's swinging at the ball way down low because I got, you know, big, long guy. I can get leverage and I just get down and just lift it. And, and I was, I ended up winning and I'm like, this is hilarious. So like, I just got a $300 bat for $15 and all I had to do is hit a couple of home runs. I said, this is great. I said, how many more can I get in? <laughs> um, I, I read that you, and this, and I'm sure you've, um, you know, I know you're on social media and you've seen the weighted balls and driveline and how big all that all that stuff has gotten. But you actually were doing that way before anybody, you know, it was so big. Um, you were, I believe if I read this, if I read this correctly, you were trying to implement a program for your players at your high school. And so you were just learning it yourself. And that's how you, uh, your arm got stronger and how you developed more and more velocity. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, you know, like anything that I do, if I'm going to teach it or, or I mean, just like a, I, I want to understand the, the product all the way through. And, you know, if I'm going to tell you this is what you need to go through and this is what you're going to feel, I want to have felt that too. So I went through, I started doing the program, and my velocity went crazy. because, And that, that was the initial thing leading in. Uh, because I went into to the fall of the, the – uh, indoor facility we had and they said you you won't believe some of the results that we're getting from this and i was like really all right sounds good well i'm coaching pit you know i got pitchers at the high school so i'd love to have a whole staff full of guys throwing bullets um you know let me let me give it a shot and then you know i'll be able to you know teach it to them the way that it helps me well i go from mid 80s to mid 90s and and a lot of things changed (laughs) wow i've never heard of a jump really like that yeah, uh, it's you know it's the threshold training, and I'm still a part like I'm I'm part of the leadership team with the, with that group now. Uh, now that I'm done playing, um, so we've taken that and we've got similar results. We've even had kids jump as much as 15, 16 miles an hour. But it's not about so what we do with that is we don't we don't necessarily you know, we want the velocity gain, but it's not so much about the gain as it, as it is the sustainable, the sustainable velocity and being able to keep it because anybody can do something for a short period of time and get a spike, but it's being able to keep, keep it, hang on to it with, with the, uh, with the training and, and being able to build up. But yeah, that, that, my whole thing was to, 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 to get in and, and, and do our program and, 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 and do well with it. So is it similar to driveline? Driveline is similar to us. Like so, my program that I did uh, was originally it was a Tom House study, uh, and they started and they got the idea from tennis players. Uh, so they uh, he went out and he asked um, uh, Pete Sampras 
or somebody asked Pete Sampras uh, about, you know, does he ever have any shoulder issues? And he says, no, you know, here about the tennis elbow. And he says, whenever I try to manipulate the ball, just like a pitcher would a, a manipulate a changeup, a breaking ball, and, and anything like that, he said, when I do that, that's when I have like little tenderness in my elbow, but my shoulder never ever hurts. And you're like, well, it's similar to the throwing motion. What is the correlation? Oh, you don't let go of the racket. So some of the stuff that we do is we go through and you don't let go of the ball. And we uh. call those holds. Yeah, we call those holds. But the, uh, but the, um, you know, those are kind of like, what is it? Uh, trademarked or whatever. So implementing those into like another program that's where stuff changes. So driveline, they do like the reverse throws and, 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 you know, the, the uh, some of this, it kind of looks, kind of looks funky, but it's all part of the, the whole scheme of the, the program. Uh, but they were, they were on, initially they were kind of, you know, part of, uh, of our group and they kind of broke off and did their own thing. Uh, but um, yeah, whenever I got in, you know, the whole, it kind of started to boom from there and everybody wanted to know, Hey, how did this happen? How did you gain so much velocity? How did you get here and do this? And, you know, I was willing to, you know, tell everybody, you know, how, you know, weight of balls are involved. And some people get, get kind of cautious when they're like, nowadays, because now everybody's starting to say like, you know, weight of balls are, you know, it's kind of sketchy, a weight of ball program, this and that. And, and people start to tie like injuries to it. Well, it's not the, it's not the, 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 the instrument that's the issue it's the education and and using it the right way if you go into a gym and you use the weights incorrectly you get put yourself at more risk for injury um and then on the side of of weighted balls i said ask yourself have you thrown a tennis ball yes or no yeah okay have you thrown a football yep yeah well the tennis ball is two ounces and a football is 16 ounces so you have done some type of weighted ball thing in your career just it wasn't regimented to to build and, and be and maybe have the sustainable results so when we when we talk to people and like ah you know i've been reading on the internet and weighted balls and you know could hurt you well anything can hurt you if you use it the wrong way <laughs> so that's where um you know that's where we gotta kind of fight those battles when people come and talk to us but but if we get a chance to to talk to them and educate them on on using the product the right way then we we get pretty solid results that is that's such a good point though like why like baseball's five ounces like why is five ounces so unique and special like why isn't why isn't it seven ounces or three ounces you know what i mean like that's a great point mm -hmm. and that's a lot of part of the development um every sport that you see basketball soccer football all of them have youth youth size balls so there's there's the progression in which they go larger and larger as they get older. Baseball is the only sport in which you send a kid out there. Uh, I think maybe t-ball they use a squishy ball, but but for the most part they all use a five ounce ball from the very beginning until the you know the biggest monster in the major leagues. So they're all using the same stuff. So on a developmental side, you have some kids that are bigger. And are physically ready to, to make that jump and throw that ball. And then you have the younger kids who miss out on some of those those developmental windows. And they they throw the five-ounce ball. It's too heavy for them. So they, they start these, these bad mechanics. Well, if, you have, if you're doing anything the wrong way, you can't build. 
I use the weight room as an example. If your squat is not very good, you're not going to be able to load it up and have a heavy squat. Uh, so if the ball is too heavy, you're going to have bad mechanics and you're going to have poor throwing, you know, velocity and things like that. And, and then, you know, people are going to go, Hmm, he, you know, he can run, he can hit a little bit, but he's probably only going to be able to play second base because he can't make a long throw. And he doesn't have anything on it. Hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. What, right. um, so where would you find this program? Is it just, you just like, where do you, what would you Google or what website would you go to to find it? Well, what's, it was great. We just, we, we've, we've put all of this together in an app. Uh, and the app is called throw smart. And we, we take evaluations for an individual because every single kid, every single player, softball, baseball, any type of throwing athlete can do, you know, shoulder strengthening programs. Uh, so we took all the information that we've done over the last seven years that I've been playing and been doing this program and then on the strength side too. So we would have, and we, we, we compiled that into an app. So each kid does their evaluation and we, we determine within there what their deficiencies are. You work on those and, and it pulls from a database of all the, the exercises and everything that we have within the app and it gives you a personalized program tailored to you as the individual. That's why, every, you know, so sending out one big program to a group, it can work, but we're not trying to get, uh, you know, a little bump. We want, we want to make the kids the best version of themselves, not just a better version. So we want I, I to like teach that. kids. Yes. That, that's, so, similar, that's similar to hitting in a sense, right, where you don't just teach one thing to everybody. It's, it's tailored to how you're built, you know, physically, how you move, all that stuff. It's the same concept. I like it. Yes, so we, we've taken that. It, it just became available to the public yesterday. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, we've been, we've been working with several academies and, and, and college teams over, over the years, and they really like the idea. Like U- University of Louisville, they've been using our program for many years, and you see the type of arms they've been putting out. And the reason they came back, and they keep coming back, is they say, it keeps my guys healthy. And our arms feel good. And and the, the idea is, it's, it yes, it is a velocity program, and that sells because everybody's like nowadays it's like, ooh, velocity, velocity. But no, no, no. We have a, we have a weighted – or sorry, a shoulder health program that weighted balls are involved, and the byproduct of the shoulder health is the velocity gain. But you can't put that all in a, in a title and try to sell that. So we say it's, it's – for years it's been called the Velocity Plus Arm Care Program. Okay. So we tied that into the Throw Smart, and the idea of, behind Throw Smart was throwing within a smart device. So with the strength stuff involved. So we – over the years, like I've talked to guys that I played with, and they – I mean I, when I got traded over to Toronto – Every day was like a Q&A with me for like the first four innings in the bullpen. It was like a round table. And these guys would sit around. And they're just firing questions at me. And I'm, and, and I'm taking all this, these questions and I'm passing them along, getting the questions answered. So I had several guys that I played with that did the program from Toronto. And uh, so on top of that, several of those guys started coming to our facility in Kentucky to get assessments for their throwing program. So we would get all that taken care of. And then they would say, well, what can you do for me on a strength side? So then we took it and we have exercise science guys and we started working with them and finding out where their weak links are and, and developing that individual to be the best version of himself. So then we took all that data and that information and compiled that in. And then we started churning out these throwing programs. Well, you know, like anything, if you have to travel anywhere and then spend 
you know, time somewhere. Like there's hotels, there's flights, there's rental cars, there's there's cost of uh, uh, of of you know maybe using a gym locally, and then also getting a program on top of that. It became pretty pricey, so we decided to 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 take that compile it into something that we can reach out to everybody and make it more affordable for everybody. So uh, initially we had our program, the throwing program just alone, which if you look at the big picture, it's a small investment, but say $500 just for the throwing program. Well, we took that plus the throwing or plus the strength side compiled it. And we put it in a monthly subscription of $29.95. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, And then we also have, you know, because, you know, like weighted balls and all that's out there, we have an option for people who do not have the equipment. So we have our weighted ball set and then also some, uh, we call them our Versa bands uh, because they're versatile. They're, they got carabiners on both sides. They're similar to the crossover symmetry, but they're, they're different because they're not, they're not one side handled and, and you can make it super adjustable. And the, the availability of it is making the, you know, giving people an option to say, well, I, I don't have the bands. I can't do that because within the app, there's over 300 exercises for bands. So we wanted to make that there. And we took that, we took the cost of the equipment, cut that down and also finance that over 12 months. So you just, that's just almost like a, a small in-app purchase that you would just tag on each month uh, of $3, $3 per item that you would want for. So if you went in total, you're taking a 220 $250 you know, ball set and bands and cutting it down to $72 and then financing it over, uh, over 12 months. So you basically pay for the equipment and then you get like, you know, four or eight months for free. If you're thinking about just paying for the equipment. So is, is Tom house still like in charge of this? I know you said no, he started- no, Tom, Tom turned over the program to us, uh, several years ago and he started doing his stuff with the NFL players and, and, you know, he's always got little projects here and there. So he, he said, you know what, you guys take this and you run with it. So we did that. And then, and then, so he's, he's not a part of the group, but he, um, he started it. Is that right? Well, he can't like, it was his, you know, him and, and several other guys that were, were working, they, they, they came up with the idea and then it progressed and, you know, everything evolves and, and becomes better. Like BASF, we don't make a lot of the products you buy. <laughs> Yo, I, well, Tom, Tom's, a, Tom's a celebrity now. I mean, he's Tom Brady's, you know, personal quarterback coach. And and so we a lot of the arm care stuff that we do, they they do as well. And so we, we saw the Super Bowl and they had Tom Brady and they had uh, Matt Ryan. And they're both on the sideline doing the arm care stuff that we had. And, and it's like, ah, oh, look at these guys. They're getting ready for, to you know, go out on the field, and they're, they're doing the proper arm care to get their shoulder activated and warmed up and, 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 and because it's all about health, and you want to you wanna perform the best you can. And on that stage, it's, you know, that's kind of a big stage. That's very, very cool, very interesting <laughs> stuff. So well, you were doing this weighted ball stuff. Um, and then, but I mean, as, as anyone knows, you can't just, you know, show up to spring training and get signed. So how, how did you actually get signed back into affiliated baseball? Um, well, I, you know, you, you develop contacts over the years. And, uh, so we knew, actually know you're from Cincinnati. I know a scout that, that was with the Mariners from Cincinnati and he was coming through, um, you know, Elizabethtown. You know, Louisville cuts I-65 cuts straight south, and he was going to Bowling Green, Kentucky, to watch a high school kid pitch. And he said, "Hey, I'm going to be coming through there. Can you throw for me?" 
he said, I'll just show up. I'll come early. Because he had, you know, uh, the, the guy who owned the facility said, hey, I think you need to come down and check him out. And and so he called me and said, hey, could you throw for me? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready. Uh, but I, I, sure, I'll throw for you. So I, you know, I, I agreed and I ended up throwing like any, like 94 to 97 in the bullpen. Uh, yeah, it was coming out hot and I was fired up because, you know, I'm pretty excited about the opportunity. And so he, he takes video and, and he's, he's like, Hey man, cause he saw me before as a starter when I was 87 to 91, maybe touching 92. He's like, uh, yeah, I got to turn this in. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but, but I, I, I gotta, I, I have to turn it in. Uh, so he said, we'll see what happens. And, and then we started going from there and, and I started getting, you know, phone calls from, from scouting directors and, and things like that. And, you know, the progression took place and I, obviously I had a lot of hardware in my elbow, so I had to pass a physical. Um, so that was your, was your elbow hurting at the time at all? No, no, not at all. Because, uh, you know, once, once you, once you, you know, strengthen the shoulder, it takes a lot of, a lot of stress off, off that elbow. And, and so I, since then, since I've been doing that program and I, I use it every off season to prepare for spring training, and every year I have a different program. That's why it becomes personalized because, you know, the program I did last year, well, now I have 50, 60, 70 more innings on my body. And who knows, like, the little tweaks that might have happened with ankle and hamstring and this and that. And I'm a little bit older. So every year something changes within the program. So you can't just go, well, I got good gains last year. I gotta, I'll just do that again. It's, it doesn't work that way. You have to make adjustments. So that's where the personalization of the program comes in. Um, so I, and now I decided to move on and start coaching. So I, for the last seven years, I have, I have had, my elbow has been completely healthy. My shoulder's been strong and I was able to, to still, even this past spring training, I was up to 97 in, in spring training games. And, and, um, so the velocity was there. It's just, I'm getting a little older and decided to, to make it, make it a change in my, and, you know, in my life and move on and, and, and help build these youth kids. But, um, but it's all about the shoulder health and then you can get the byproduct, which is the velocity and it take And once you protect that elbow and, and cause everybody thinks after Tommy John, they think, Oh, you know, Tommy John, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to throw harder. Well, when you go through a Tommy John protocol and, and, and the whole rehab process, you don't do anything for your elbow. All you do is get, get your range of motion back. You do a ton of shoulder exercises, so you 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 get the shoulder stronger, and then that's when you know these guys and guys are probably working harder than they ever have to get back. So it's not just the surgery; it's all the stuff that you put back into it to get the velocity gain. So after the the Mariners obviously ended up signing you, and you you uh, um, went into their minor league system. Was it, what was that, what was that like? Were you, cause now this is your second time in the minor leagues. Are you just blowing past guys? Like, like it was just way different to go out, go out on the mound that, um, that time versus all the years in the past. Well, I always had a fastball that was like the, the jump fastball when, you know, kind of explodes when it gets to the plate. Well, at 88, 90, like that's cool. Cause guys are going to foul it off and then they, you know, barrel it up and it goes to the gap pretty hard. But like now I'm throwing 95, 96, and they're not hitting it. And I'm like, it's kind of like a video game. 
Like I just get them cheating to that fastball and I throw something off speed and they're swinging and missing. I'm like, man, this is kind of fun. So it was that, but I, I go to high A and I'm, and I'm 27 years old and I'm like, man, I'm the oldest by like five years or more on my team. And I'm like, you know, I had the younger guys are calling me like old names and stuff. Uh, so I was like, oh, whatever. I'm still, still punching tickets. So it's all good. Uh, and then I got to a point where I was like, you know, what's going on here? Cause I didn't have a spring training. So that was basically, I, I went to high for like three weeks and that was kind of like my spring training. So I got through that. And if you look at that year in high, that was like my, the worst numbers that I had, uh, you know, as far as ERA goes, but you know, I get through that and then I go to double a and, and I end up working the back end, of the bullpen there. And, and then I thought I was going to finish in double a and then, Jumped to AAA, and I'm like, man. Oh, and I'm so content with where I am because I'm back in the affiliated ball. I'm like, hey, this is good. I'm, you know, I feel good. I'm, I'm, I'm just back in it. I said, I'm, I'm so happy with that. And I just keep moving and keep moving. And and then so I get to AAA, and I'm and I'm just like I like I do everywhere. I said, I just want to worry about today. I get to the field, get prepared. If I get get up for the game, get in, get my job done. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But I'll prep for today, get get today done, and then I'll move on. So I get to AAA, and it's just like that. It's like Groundhog Day. I just show up, do my work, go home. Show up, do my work, go home. And then at the end of it, I look at look at it. I give it up one run the whole time I'm there, and I'm still throwing, striking out a bunch of guys, and 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 I give up the one run, and and then somebody says, hey, maybe you'll get called up. I'm like, no, 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 because I had talked to a uh, a pitching coordinator and said, what's the chances I get called up? And he says, nah. 40 man's full. You're not, no, there's no room. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm in AAA. I'm pitching well. I said, I feel great. This is awesome. You know what? So I'm, I was calling people back home. Like, Hey, when I get home, you know, we're going to kind of celebrate. We're going to have a good time. Like, you know, I'm back in it. I'm, and I might go to big league camp next year. We'll, we'll just see, but I, at least I'm back in it. having a good time. Well, season ends. And, and then they decide to, to not send me home. They say, I got to go to the big leagues. Oh. And yeah. So man, man, punch you in the, like in the gut, like, Man, this is what you you dreamed of, and then they say, "Hey, this is happening." You're like, "Whoa!" You know, you get emotional and you, and you get all tore up about it. Like, I mean, I did. I was crying and doing all that stuff, but uh, but I mean, it was kind of like you know all the stuff that you thought of as a little kid, and you say what you want to do. Like when you put those thoughts and all those words into action, then it hits home a little bit more. And so that's uh, you know, it, it becomes a little more special then. Your story's kind of like uh, what's that movie, The Rookie? Yes. It you know where you're kind of you're done, you're back back home teaching, and then I mean, different scenario, but it's just so cool, and that's what's so cool about baseball, where you just you never know, you know, you put in the work, you focus on playing each and every day, and and not, and I, I loved your attitude. You weren't even thinking about the big leagues every day, and even triple A. And that right. was that's something that that a lot of people. I mean, I think they get. They get too bent out of shape of of you know big leagues, big leagues, big leagues, and they're on this roller coaster ride because of that. Absolutely, and and you know some guys like I, like I was talking about earlier about the uh, the little spike in velocity. It's not about the one spike; it's about the sustainable gain. So everybody that gets a gets a chance to to I mean, mo- let's say the majority of guys that get a chance, you have a game in which you're the best, like. There's one game that that you go out there and you're like, man, I'm nobody's better than me today. 
And but the guys that are really good, they have a bunch of games like that. And that's how they become the players that they are is because they have that sustainable greatness. You know, the, the guy that's hit or miss, like, oh, you know, he, he might hit three home runs in a row or he might strike out 20 times in a row. Like there's too much, you know, peaks and valleys where it's it's all about, you know, staying even keel and just keeping keeping on that path. And, and um, you know, I've, I've been keeping up and, and reading, you know, a whole bunch of stuff here lately. And like Yogi Bear says, I was never in a slump before. I just wasn't hitting. Uh, so it's that whole thing, like, don't. Don't get too high whenever things are great, and don't get too low when you're when things aren't going well, and and that'll keep your keep your mindset and just stay on your routine, and things should 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 be a little better, a little easier to handle. Because I know a lot of people who you know they'll talk to you and they'll they'll text back and 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 whenever they do well, but if they don't have a good one, you just want to check on them. You won't hear from them for two weeks. Oh yeah, I see that a lot too. Like when everything's going good, they're in a great mood. And then when everything they start slumping or whatever, you just see them sulking in the dugout, just on the bench, just not wanting mm-hmm. anything to do with it. And everybody handles things differently, and that's that's where you know being a being a teammate of, of so many different personalities over the years. I'm looking forward to working with these kids because I, there's nothing that I haven't seen. I, I, but it's uh, I know it's baseball, and you see something different every day. But I'd say I've, I've been in contact or, or had an experience with something. Uh, you know, a lot more than most. So the following year after you make your major league debut, you're traded to Toronto. And then the, the following year after that, you become an all-star. You were a five, you had a five and one record with a 1.58 ERA and American leading 57 strikeouts. Um, before the, uh, prior to the all-star game, uh, roster announcement, which is absolutely insane. Um, what what was that like making the All Star? Were you just like, I mean, I was in the big leagues. I was, you know, substitute teacher three years ago, and now I'm a major league All Star. Well, I I've told people that it's kind of a blur because it's the same thing. Like I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about show up, get my job done. And people are like, "Well, you're living the dream." I'm like, "Yep, sure, I'm in a dream." And you know what? You don't ever want to wake up. It's like the people that walk on the on the tightrope. They know that they're 50 feet above something that could, they could probably die if they fall, but they just stay focused on what they're doing. So you see it all the time with some teams that they get, you know, it might be a lesser, you know, uh, quality team and they're playing, you know, a stud and they get up on them. And you see it in like college football and college basketball, they, they get up on them. And then that better team says, okay, whatever. And then they eventually come back. Well, it's because the other team realizes what's going on. They're like, oh crap, what are we doing? We're winning. And for me to, to, to get to that, like I said, show up every day. It's Groundhog Day. Just show up, get your job done. All I have to do is show up to the field, prepare my prepare you know the way that I need to, and throw a ball to a mitt. Make it as simple as possible, and just do that. And then you don't go, oh my God, I got to face you know the Yankees lineup with Jeter, A Rod, Andrew Jones, Ichiro, like Robinson Cano. Like you you don't think that. You just go fastball, slider. Split. That's all I have to worry about. And hit my location because even the best hitters fail 70% of the time. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of pitchers forget that. You know, no matter what, unless that hitter is averaging over 500, you have the advantage. <laughs> well, I do say that Cano, uh, he batted very, very well against me. I think I faced him eight times and he hit like five doubles. So <laughs> I, I think he like he what he sees me come in the game, he's like, ah, oh, yes, here comes a double. But 
you know, it's just it's just crazy, like those matchups. Like I, I when I first got up and, and I was with Seattle and I faced Michael Young a couple of times and he retired, I think, after the 12 season. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Right. So every time I faced him, I'm like, oh. you know, he had twenty five hundred hits in his career. And, you know, I watched him growing up and I'm like, man, this guy's probably, gonna, you know, if I don't make a pitch here, because he's like one of those guys that's super solid all around. You're like, yeah, this guy's probably, you know, good chance he can hit a ball in the gap, like home run. He can do it all. He's at Kinsler, Ian Kinsler. Like, that guy can do it all, too. And um, so you're like, huh, i got to make pitches here. So that I, I don't think I ever gave up a hit to him because I was like, man, I really have to lock in here and, and, and make pitches. But but w- once I got past that point of, you know, oh, the name, the name, the name, then it became location, location, location. And don't even worry about the name. Just stay in these, you know, you, you know where guys' hot zones are and, and what they're, they've been on because we've got scouting reports on everything, you know, how good they've been the last five, you know, 20 at-bats, how good they've been five days, a week, a month, stuff like that. So you just go, hey, this is what they're on, and this is what they chase, and, and you just make your pitches and get out of there. Um, I had um, Eric Surkamp on a couple of days ago, and he he talked about his uh, experience playing in Korea and how different it was when, you know, in terms of how they practice and things of, of that nature. You went over to Japan and played, and I'm kind of curious what was what was the experience like over there? I did see your post, and I actually reposted it to the the Throw Smart. Uh, so the uh, the it, I laughed because I'm like, and I showed my wife, and she laughed too. She's like, "Yep." So true. People don't understand. And it is. It's reps on reps on reps. And there's it's like so I, I, I was trying to explain to them, I was like, Do you guys understand what workload is? And they're like, Yeah, this is Japanese style. I'm like, just because it's Japanese style doesn't mean it's right. Like and I don't want to go against the way that you're doing things. I'm just saying there might be more in the tank, but you're not allowing your bodies to produce that because they have to scale back to get through the work. So you don't see a marathon runner running 22 miles an hour right but you have Usain Bolt who's built like a horse who can run that fast for a short burst right so so was it was it the same um thing in Japan as Korea where the players felt it was um by them talking to the manager it was viewed as disrespectful yes and that they actually they actually came up to me right away and I'm like I'm super sarcastic about everything so every time, even to this day, somebody asks how old I am, and I always say 22 again. Uh, so I just joke about that, and I just like, sure, like I, obviously I'm not 22, but I say it because I, I, you know, I, I, I still I'm very active and, uh, and I'm energetic, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to stay young forever, you know, mentality, and you know, be professional about it, but I'm still going to be, you know, the the peppy you know, the guy that I am, and so I said 22 again, and they looked at me like, hmm, I don't know about this guy because everything's <laughs> so serious there. And they're like, okay, no, but seriously, how old are you? And I'm like, 22. And and they're like, no. And they're like, well, and the translator said, well, the, 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 way they, the reason they asked that is because of your age depends on how they can talk to you. I was like, oh, then I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, I joked about that, but it was like, you know, the, the whole respect and, uh, and so it's, you know, here it's almost like, well, what level did you get to? And that's where like the respect level is. And it's like, well, that makes a little more sense because this guy 
played for a long, long time. And then they're, you know, but, but on the same side, like no one person is better than another. It's like, you should just respect everybody, but then they go over top and there could be guys that don't treat them very well, but they have to respect them because they're, they're a coach or whatever. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. How was the living situation over there? They, they took care of me pretty good. Uh, they put me in what they call American style housing. So my, my place was a little bit bigger and, um, you know, I had my family over with me, um, my wife and two kids and, but I being taller, I would bump my head on a lot of doorways. So I'm like, man, this is driving me nuts and also give me a headache at the same time. I was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You, you said you were up to 97 miles an hour, uh, this past spring training, which is, uh, the same velocity you were up to when that, um, Seattle Mariners scout saw you. Why, like, why, why didn't it work out this year versus back, like in the big leagues prior? Well, before I was, uh, you know, seven, eight years have passed. So, you know, being able to, to, not only continually do it, but so they let me go. And that was, it was kind of a numbers thing. We had a ton of guys in AAA. And so the roster was full. I was telling these younger guys who were like 10 years younger than me, I said, guys, you got to understand something's going to happen here soon. There's going to make, there's going to be some moves made where guys either get sent down to double A, get sent to extended spring training, you know, put on the DL released. I said, stuff is going to happen. And or maybe something happens at the big league level and guys go up. I said, but you guys got to understand this is, you know, you can't carry this many guys. And they were like, no, no, no. They're, they got it figured out. They got it. You know, they understand what's going on. I'm like, okay, you're being a little, you, you got your blinders on and I like that, but you got to understand that, you know, it's still a business. So, you know, I was like, I believe I was the oldest guy on the team and they had, like I said, guys at 10 years younger than I am throwing harder and i'm like okay so they called me in they're like hey you know we're you know we gotta cut you from your contract and i'm like i get it i understand like i was not prepared for this i thought i was going to be there until i got called up this year and just be with the big leagues whenever they need me but i said you know things happen the way that they do i was like i got home and i was like well you know what am i going to do uh and i stayed in shape i kept throwing and and then you know we kept reaching out to teams and 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 there was a couple independent teams, but I was like, you know, I don't want to go down that path again because, you know, I, I got to look out for more than just myself this time, um, you know, with my family. And so, you know, being able to, to move to, uh, you know, a town somewhere or maybe get picked up with an affiliated team and I don't have a good two weeks and they want to cut me again. Like, so it's, it's, it's not only me, but it's the, it's the three other people that I got to care about, uh, and, and take care of. And, and, and so there's a lot, lot going on there. And, and, um, so I wanted to make sure that it was, it was conducive to them. And my wife, she's the most supportive person to this day. She'd say, you know, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. And I'm like, oh, man, you're amazing. But, and she would say that, but I don't know how much reserve she would have with that. But, uh, so I, you know, I'm making the decision to stay home and decide to, to, to turn over a new leaf and, 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 and take up something different. Uh, I think she's kind of grateful for that. And, but like you said, physically, I thought I was going to play until I was 40. Um, and you know, go across all the teams I played with, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an animal. I like to jump. I like to throw, I like to, you know, I can even hit from the boat both ways and throw with both arms. And, 
And so I like to do that stuff and, and physically I feel like I can do it, but it's whole, it's the, it's the business, you know, there's younger guys coming through and they're progressing and they're going to, those guys are going to get opportunities and, and, and the whole, um, you know, like I said about the, the priorities are a, little, are a little bit different now than what they were whenever I was starting up or getting back into it. Yeah, no, I understand that. That that makes sense. I mean, that's a tough, tough lifestyle. A lot of people don't realize independent baseball, but that's it's very, very cutthroat. What like if you were to like uh, look out five to ten years from now, what what where do you want to be? Like, what's your goals? What's your dreams for the next five, ten years? Um, I mean, just doing as much as I can in the community that I live in. Um, just being a big part of that. And then, you know, trying to, trying to help out as, as many kids as I can, not just here locally, but you know, if I can get out and reach and, 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 and spread the word about, you know, the, the, the progression of how things and educate, um, you know, just like I was doing with those younger guys in that bullpen, explaining to them the process of everything. Now I have a much bigger bullpen that I could, you know, talk to, uh, and, and I could, get stuff like that and these high school kids that are wanting to get to the college level and then even college kids you know telling them you know about the reality of certain things and it's not always you know rainbows and and you know everybody's going to get to the big leagues and you know all you have to do is work hard and it's there because everybody works hard and everybody puts in the time and and certain you know certain people get that one little shot and then they make the most of it and run with it and some people it's it's very very short and and so there was a uh, something that I saw it's like you know everybody at some point gets told they can't play anymore and that was like a moneyball quote and it's like some people are, it's 18 some people it's 40 but the idea is to be prepared for every time that opportunity is there because it could it could be very very short Steve, you've been absolutely fantastic. I uh, love your story. Very inspiring. Um, thanks so much again for coming on. I really appreciate you having me.